Welcome to 12 Minutes of Dauntless Commentary on Widely Unaccepted Truth from God's Word. Hang on to your Bible. I am Elsie Breeden, and this is Audaciously Unpopular. If you live in the South, then you're probably very familiar with conversations centered around the fact that we have mostly two seasons a year, and that spring and fall are just very fleeting moments in our seasons. And if you are in the South, then you are very aware that we take full advantage of the weather and full advantage of decorations and fall-themed parties and boots and scarves and everything, even when it's not really that cold yet. So with the idea of everything getting ready for fall, the, the wreaths are going up and the boots are coming out and all of that stuff. Today I want to talk about autumn and about harvest, but in a little bit different way. Edwin Way Teal said, for man, autumn is a time of harvest, of gathering together. For nature, it is a time of sowing and of scattering abroad. And for the church, it seems as though these are the days to just wait. Like, these are the harvest days. And so we're just going to wait while the fields ripen. We're going to endure while the harvests evolve and, and come to fruition. We're going to just delay, just kind of hang out and chill while the fruit matures from the seeds that we've never even planted. So we're expecting there to be a great harvest. But have we even planted any seeds? The Bible tells us, that there's going to be a falling away in the last days. So we use that to justify the fact that we're not doing anything. People don't care about God. We live in a nation that has forsaken him. These are the things that we say to justify the fact that we haven't planted a seed in a week, in a month. So we resign ourselves to this present day apathy and we justify it. We're not even considering that the reason it's here is we have contributed to it. We have added, we ourselves are the reason that the nation is in such a state because when is the last time I planted a seed? When is the last time that I shared the gospel? And so we just said, we don't think about that. Or maybe we do and we ignored it. But either way, we just sit and we sigh and we complain because there's no revival like there was in the old days. And then we don't realize that the reason there's no revival is because we have chosen its absence above its cost. And this may shock you, but today is not the end. It's not occasion to discontinue our witnesses or to concede to the devil's policies. This is not the end. This is the time for beginning, for the phase of new life. It is not okay to sit down and push our witness aside. It's not acceptable to let our testimony just idle, just collect dust and not share it. These are the days to let our faith in God explode. These are the days to prepare for the latter rain. It's time to plant. And even though we're not used to in, in this moment, in this season of autumn, whether literally, naturally, or in the spirit, in, in the kingdom of God, we're not used to looking at the time of harvest and saying it's time to plant. But we've got to get up because it's not time to stop. It's time to plant. It is time to plant seeds of love that are not conditioned 
to skin color or social status. It's time to plant seeds of hope, not dependent on a past free of what we judge as the worst sins. It's time to plant seeds of service sown without thought of payment. Seeds of prayer, which are time invested before the Father's throne on behalf of his children that still need to be rescued. Seeds of compassion, reaching beyond safe boundaries and touching the outcast. Seeds of the gospel that are distributed without reserve to the lost and hurting. No more picking and choosing. No more deciding if this is safe or if this is worth my time. But getting up and, and, and not waiting for the harvest to just make itself, but to go out and plant seeds because the fertile soil of searching souls is all around us. There's, there's young men who are overcome with sadness, little ones who are lonely, a mom who has been abandoned, just trying to make ends meet for her children, a teenager who has been abused by people she thought she could trust, a brother that has held captive by drugs, a grandfather interested in God and his purpose, but not not yet surrendered can we not see them can we not see the desperation that their lives display can we not hear their questions and sense their hopelessness can we not remember when we were there before the gospel was planted in our heart and does it not move us are we not compelled to trudge through the filth that sin has compassed them with just to tell them that jesus died for them just to plant that seed? Are we willing to crawl through the grime of this world to embed a tiny seed of love into their unchurched home? Are we willing to go where it's not comfortable, where we might smell a little bad when we leave? Are we willing to go there? Are we willing to hug them? Are we willing? Are we ready to navigate a world of hurt, which means we may also get hurt? But are we willing to go there to offer Jesus' healing to a broken heart and a wrecked life? Does our passion for planting overcome our obsession for cleanliness? Or are we just satisfied to stay where it's safe and dry and clean and comfortable and the harvest will come? I don't really have to go do anything. Where, Where do we get that? Where do we get this concept that we can just sit on the church pew and the harvest comes to us? Did he not say in that parable to go out into the highways and byways and compel them to come in? He didn't say go get everybody who's cleaned and dressed up and ready to walk into the house of God, but go out in the highways and the byways and compel them to come in. Go find the beggars. Go find the drug addicts. Go find the the broken and the abused. Go find those with lifestyles that are in desperate need of deliverance. Go find them. Whatever sin has held them captive, you were once there. So why do we think that it's okay just to sit? Why do we think that it's okay to let the harvest evolve without us? There's a neighbor in your neighborhood. There's a co-worker that's crying out for hope. Have you given them anything? Have you shown them who Jesus is? There's a wife longing for a drink. There's a husband who's about to give up. And hope is available. The rains are coming, but where are the laborers? Where are the people who are going to get up and say, I'm going to plant the seed. And if the harvest happens tomorrow, or if it happens after I'm gone from this life, I'm going to plant the seed because there's too many people who are searching, 
There's too many people who need someone to tell them of the gospel. Jesus said in John chapter 9, we must work the works of him who sent me as long as it is day. Otherwise, we must do the work of the Father. We must be about his business while it is day, for night is coming when no one can work. We're running out of time. We're running out of time for this to, to have opportunity to grow, to plant, to harvest. This world is not going to last forever. People don't last forever. We're not guaranteed tomorrow. And the person that you sit beside on the airplane and the person that you walk beside in the grocery store and the person that you drive beside, those people are not promised tomorrow. You are not promised tomorrow. We have to get up. This is not the time to sit. This is not the time to just waste time and say the end is near. The end is near should make us get up and work harder than ever, more fervent than ever, dedicated to prayer more than ever, dedicated to sharing the gospel and sowing those seeds of hope in people's lives all around us more than ever. It's not a time to sit down. It's not an excuse. In Matthew chapter 9, Verse 35, it says, Jesus was going through all the cities and villages, teaching in their synagogues and proclaiming the gospel of the kingdom and healing every kind of disease and every kind of sickness. Seeing the people, he felt compassion for them because they were distressed and dispirited like sheep without a shepherd. Then he said to his disciples, the harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. Therefore, beseech the Lord of the harvest to send out workers into his harvest. Jesus looked on the people that he was ministering among, and he saw them as sheep without a shepherd, with no hope, with no savior, bound in their sin, bound in their in the sickness of their sin, in the despair and the hopelessness of a life that has not yet met Christ. And it says he felt compassion for them. When is the last time we looked at someone and felt compassion? Compassion that stirred us. Compassion that made us move beyond ourselves. That made us move and share the kingdom of God with someone else. When is the last time that compassion drug us out of our comfort zones because it so compelled us to share Jesus? When is the last time that we planted a seed? He said the harvest is plentiful. There's plenty of work to do. There's plenty of people who need hope. There's people every single day that you pass, that I pass, that need hope, that need help, that need Jesus, that need to know that there is grace and that mercy is new every morning. But when is the last time we told somebody? When is the last time that we showed them the love of Christ? There's so much work to be done. There's so many seeds to plant. There's so many people who need to know the hope of the gospel. But the workers are few. In Isaiah chapter 6, verse 8, Isaiah writes, I heard the voice of the Lord saying, Whom shall I send and who will go for us? Then I said, Here am I. Send me. Oh,